Off top, pumpkins are berries and strawberries aren't. Play your music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show presented by Allstate. And we are going to spend the next hour digging into the wonderful. Oh, my bad. I forgot to throw up the hands, the Allstate hands. The next hour, digging into the wonderful game that was the Jets versus Giants epic quarterback battle for the age. No, we're not going to talk about that at all because why would we? Even though I'm sure we're going to have to on Get Up this morning, I'm probably currently talking about that game with Mike Greenberg while we're recording this. Charlie Kravitz is currently trying to fire Brandon Staley. I hope Brandon Staley wins, and then you have to defend him, Charlie. Okay, okay. So the the Chargers are winning now. Yeah, okay. I have to defend him for beating the Bears. Congratulations, Brandon Staley. You know, <laughs> so much. Well, so he he shaved his beard this week, and I am convinced he did it for the for his unemployment. Anyway, to bring some it intelligence to the proceedings, our good friend Bill Barnwell. Welcome, Bill. Hey, buddy. Well, let's go to our first real topic, and let's begin right. today with our good hands moments presented by Allstate. You, you guys, you aren't going to believe it, but you're in good hands with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow yeah. went 28 for 32 for 283 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions against the formerly vaunted, now sort of haunted 49ers oh. defense. Did this performance er- erase the early season concerns you had about the Bengals? Absolutely. I mean, I'm easily swayed because they have such history with me uh, of or with all of us of being an impressive offense. And we saw all the things that Joe Burrow's expected to do. Uh, I think he was like above 80 percent passing. The number that really caught my attention was like uh, completion over expected. He was 37 percent in pressure situations. The man was 100 percent in pressure situations through two touchdowns. And that's what I was most worried about for Joe Burrow because of his calf injury was how would he do when he's under pressure and he's to buy time and kind of protect himself. He was awesome. Chase was awesome. A team feels really good, particularly with the lead, and Lou and that defense can get after people, and Trey Hendrickson can end the games as one of the few closers, or not few, one of the many closers that we have in this league at defensive end. Is Lou one of like the four or five defensive coordinators you're on a first name basis with in the NFL? Oh, no, I'm I'm tight with all of them. We Raheem? all go first name basis. Yeah, me. Yeah, well, what? I mean, Raheem goes by Heem. It's just him, baby Heem. Sometimes when they're playing well. Again, I, 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 I if I, if I called him baby Heem, I feel like I would have to go to the combine and, and I would have to apologize to this man in person. Would you rather that, be calling be called baby Heem or Teabag? It's a real, real <laughs> question here. You're, you're gonna keep running with this garbage joke. Just keep running it into the ground. It's a better nickname. I, I, I think the big difference between the Bengals we saw. The first six weeks of the year, or the first six games of the year, and today, or Sunday, I should say, was a healthy Joe Burrow and a healthy T. Higgins. This was the Bengals' core at full strength for the first time, and you saw it in terms of the explosive plays here. I think Pat Thorman tweeted it out. They had like eight explosive plays in their first six games, or sorry, 14 explosive plays in their first six games. They had eight on Sunday alone, which tells you, number one, Burrow is more confident moving around. We saw him scramble, run more in this game. We saw him launch the ball more often. He was comfortable moving to an extent he hadn't been in prior weeks. And having a healthy Higgins changes this offense. So um thought the offensive line did a really good job blocking the Niners front. And if you can block the Niners up up front, their secondary is just kind of okay. So 
Not surprised that a team with two great receivers was able to exploit the weak parts in the San Francisco defense. Yeah, I, I think the context around Joe Burrow matters, but it really seems like, and maybe it's just perception, but the defense is better when Joe Burrow is there. It's probably because it takes the pressure off of him, but there's some psychological boost, I think, to having Joe Burrow play well. I think it's the first quarter uh, he might have thrown. He threw like an incredible pass in a tight window, and I was just imagining how it must feel to be on that team on the sideline to watch him convert a third down with a pass that it feels like only – five or six people alive can throw consistently. And then all of a sudden they seem to start playing defense better. So there's some psychic value. I think to having Joe Burrow that um, influences big Lou and everybody else on the defense. Why, why does that effect not happen with the chargers? Why does Justin <laughs> Herbert not have that effect on the chargers? Defense? Yeah, um, that's a question for Charlie because he is best friends with Brandon. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I mean, Justin Herbert just doesn't have that dog in him. Is that what you're trying to get me to say? No, no I, Justin trying, Herbert's great. I definitely wasn't trying to get you to say any more football cliches. <laughs> hmm. No clutching. Um, so <laughs> the Bengals were one in three after four weeks. They're now a game behind the Chiefs. They play on New Year's Eve. Do you view them as one of these teams that's like right there at the top of the conference? I kind of do. I feel like it's not fair because they haven't put together enough good weeks as everyone else. But I do. Like I mentioned in the the first time, I just carry our harbor so much like goodwill for them, what they've done. And they follow the same blueprint where they start off rough or slow. Joe Burrow is recovering from a surgery or some other injury and then they start getting hot and then next thing you know they're the team that nobody wants to play you cliche i cliche what's up i love the idea that you just harbor goodwill in your heart for them like like, like they, they 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 gave you some sugar when you were you needed like to fill out a recipe and so you just <laughs> they just are reliable neighbor <laughs> they are a reliable neighbor i I'm, I'm i'm not quite there yet this was an impressive performance but they were really bad that first month of the season. And that stuff matters. Like the concerns we had about them at that time were not 100% Joe Burrow. They were like 85% Joe Burrow and he solves a lot of those problems. But we saw Trey Hendrickson get hurt for a stretch in this game. We saw Cam Taylor Brick go down for a stretch in this game. I think the defense, they're, they're not quite as deep as they've been in years past. They allowed the Niners to move the ball pretty well throughout this game, just we got to Brock Purdy making Sam Donald-esque or Zach Wilson-esque decisions. Yeah. And not the Zach Wilson we saw in overtime in the fourth quarter of the, the Giants game. The other three and a half quarters was Zach Wilson. Um, and they deserve credit for forcing some of those bad decisions and some of those difficult plays. But I, I just think the margin for error is smaller for them than it is for the Chiefs or, or maybe even the Ravens. Yeah, I agree that you're probably right. But the fact of the matter is no one feels all that dominant or consistent yep. uh, right now in the AFC. Uh, and you could say at the NFC also with the guys at the top or the teams at the top uh, dropping games that they are getting blown out in the case of the Lions and the Eagles losing to the Jets, dropping games that they should have won and somehow finding themselves in a one-score game at the end with Washington. Uh, so it doesn't feel like anyone's pulled away. So I think that's when I look at everyone else in AFC. It's like the Bills. Uh, are the Bills the team that I think that the the Bengals can't beat? It's certainly not the Ravens. They uh, Who knows what Ravens team is going to show up from week to week. They're really good when they're at their best, and the same thing with the Chiefs. So um, I, I get that they're flawed, but so is everybody else. So 
let's pivot to the other other side of this game because we had a bad 49ers defense. We had bad Brock Purdy. And my question for you guys is what, in your eyes, football experts, what's the bigger problem for the 49ers who had been 5-0 and and are now 5-3? and Their offense, their defense. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Can we talk about how great of a job I did on this very show, the Dominique Foxworth show? Because I got Dominique to admit that Brock Purdy had separated himself from Jimmy Garoppolo, like at the very peak of the roller coaster. <laughs> and did. now we're on the way down. And it's like, oh no, he's just Jimmy 2.0. But you already came off that case. And now it yeah. feels like if you just waited a couple more weeks, you could have been like, I was, I got him the whole time. You, you got me. But I mean, I, I don't feel in the course of the game, Brock Purdy just, he's young. And he is not at a point where he can put the team on his back. Very few quarterbacks ever get there. And it feels like they need somebody who is just going to be great at this point. With the defense playing poorly and all the injuries on the offensive side of the ball, they go to him. They've gone to him the last couple of weeks and they want him to drop back when play action is not an option. When they can't attack the linebackers with trickery over the middle of the field and he has to drop back and throw anticipation digs when everyone knows a pass is coming it hasn't worked in back-to-back weeks and you're asking a lot of him he does not it doesn't appear that they have other uh attacks in their repertoire or they feel comfortable with him doing other things other than that attacking the middle of the field uh and he's not there yet which is fine. He may get there. He may never get there. Most quarterbacks don't get there. There's only a few quarterbacks in the league that we think can like put a team on their back. So I, I haven't come off of uh, what you sold me on with Brock Purdy. He's still there. I think he's still a good quarterback and above average quarterback uh, and great in certain situations. But those situations are not down by a bunch of points trying to come back against Joe Burrow healthy. First five games, Forget. nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. Last three games, three touchdowns, five interceptions, three L's. Forget putting the team on your back. Like they can't, he can't even carry the team on his like leg as they like grip it and he walks forward. Like this, there's major issues here 
in terms of Brock yeah. Purdy's ability to propel this team forward. And I, I don't think it's an accident that over these last couple of games, his two worst games as a pro, there's been no Trent Williams. There's been no Debo Samuel. There's been maybe not quite 100% Christian McCaffrey, maybe like a 85, 90% Christian McCaffrey, but he doesn't have as many easy answers as he had in years past. He doesn't have the confidence to, you know, he doesn't have guys who can just physically dominate people at the line of scrimmage. It's more Juwan Jennings now, um, you know, which it's not really going to put you where you want to be. Um, I, I think, you know, looking at the interception stats are going to overrate him a little bit. Like he's, He's not as bad as he's looked in terms right. of the interceptions. He mm-hmm. has moved the ball a fair amount in these games. Doesn't look hopeless. I, I will say, though, and this is probably just his most successful stretch of the game, those two back-to-back throws late in this game where he sprinted out to the sideline and then threw across his body yeah. to the middle of the field, like the classic Zach Wilson throw, and it worked twice. I was just like, oh, no, this is a bad habit setting in for Brock. We don't want this on your resume. Like, find another way. So. Uh, you know, I, I think if they are not falling behind as quickly in, in the next few weeks, if they get Trent Williams back, I think they're going to be fine. But this is a team where it feels like they desperately needed a buy and are getting it at the exact perfect time. Yeah, I think the injuries are a big deal, but I think the the like game script has been a bigger problem for him. Uh, and you see it in the crossbody throws. It just feels like desperation at times where it's like, uh I, I don't have the play action to fool them. I don't have the advantages that I sometimes have. And again, it's not meant to be a criticism of him. He's still good and coming along and better than most quarterbacks at this point in their career. However, he's not at the point where they can just drop back and come back from down two scores in the fourth quarter or come back from down one score in the fourth quarter. Well, it feels like they they need to be able to threaten a bunch of different ways and also threaten with different people. So shouldn't we be wondering why they're down these scores in these games and talk about the yeah. defense a little bit because they got torched again and they, they don't get home to the quarterback. They allowed 21st downs, a 91% completion percentage to Joe Burrow, seven yards a carry for Joe Burrow. And this team was supposed to have all pros across the board. We just gush about their linebackers. We gush about their front four. Um, what is wrong with the defense? Yeah, I was hoping that Bill would answer this the first time because it's not as easy to answer. By the way, I got that stat wrong. Twenty first out in the first half. Sorry, you also oh, you also half. said Joe Joe Burrow, not Joe Mixon, averaging seven yards a carry. Oh, but that, but no, Joe Burrow did average seven yards a carry. Really? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, so the answer is not as easy. We can't just point to injuries or point to like game script for them. They're just getting outplayed, and they're not a particularly complicated defense like the most they're not a heavy blitzing team uh they're not a heavy man coverage team it's normally like we're gonna win because we're better than you up front we're gonna get in a lead and and rush the passer and they haven't been able to do those things so i think the complimentary nature of the 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 games hurts them and just aren't good right now and it got up against two quarterbacks in back-to-back weeks that i thought were playing uh, really well, like Joe Burrow is a perennial type of MVP level quarterback. And to be fair, Kirk Cousins was playing like that in that game. So uh, it's possible that these are some aberrations. I think their other loss was the Browns and the defense didn't play terrible in that game. The offense was really the big issue in that game. So it could be the fact that defense is hard in the NFL and they just happen to have 
to lay two eggs in back-to-back weeks, and they also happen to lose those games. But it doesn't seem like any one thing is the glaring weakness for them on defense to me. I'm, I'm going to go back to my let's name a bunch of defensive coordinators. Ooh, uh, I like that. fun game. D'Amico, now uh, coaching the Houston Texans. They have Steve Wilkes in there. I think Steve Wilkes is a good coach. What we saw on that uh, that big blitz end of the first half against the Vikings, not that D'Amico Ryans never would have blitzed in that situation, not that, you know... Uh, you know, good coaches don't make bad pay calls, but I wonder if the play calling has been an issue. I wonder if, you know, that just the timing of, you know, when are we going to set extra pressure? How well right. do we, you know, do we work with this personnel? They haven't got the most out of Javon Hargrave, who was their big free agent signing this offseason. You know, it doesn't feel like, like before it felt like they were getting the most out of the players they had. Their stars were playing like, you know, the best players on the field. Their very good players were playing like stars. Their decent players are playing very well. And they were fine early in the season, so maybe this is just a, a two or three week sample, but it doesn't feel like, you know, our expectations for Nick Bosa are that he's Miles Garrett, or he's Aaron Donald, or he's that caliber of pass rusher. He's not at that level right now. Javon Hargrave was one of the best interior rushers in football. He's not that guy right now for the Niners. So I wonder if they're getting the most out of their personnel at the moment. That's possible, and the play calling can be criticized, but I will not stand for you using that blitz against the Vikings as an example of a bad play call. That, to me, was a great play call. I like blitz in that situation. A fluke thing happened. Catch the ball with your hands out in front of you, Ward, and we're good to go. But yeah. it's fine. You can, get, you can get on my man, Stevie. Classic corners. Classic yeah. corners. Just, you know, kind of feels like if he could catch it, he wouldn't be playing cornerback. He'd be playing wide receiver as far as <laughs> I know. No. Cornerback's much harder physically. That's what receivers say to make themselves feel better because they aren't athletic enough to play corner. It's <laughs> truth. It's the truth. All right, Charlie, what do we got next, bud? Oh, we're now it's time to pander. I got to pander to you, Dominique. Your man's, your man's cousin Dak. Uh, Dak Prescott has played the most explosive football in those last two weeks that he's played since 2021. And the Cowboys has uh, offense has looked better than it has in a couple years. We know the defense is really good. Do you think they figured out something on offense? Hell no. Uh, You're not pandering to me. And it, when you watch the games, you just defend him when he plays feel, badly. You won't compliment them when they're playing well. Like what? What is, what is this? It's not. It's I. You. You want to create it like I'm carrying water for Dak Prescott. You I are. try to give fair analysis, and it feels like we swing wildly on opinion about Dak Prescott. When they lose, it's like he's the worst quarterback ever. So then no. it appears that I'm pandering because I'm like, hey guys, chill out. He's all right. I'm not going to act like this game was like some true answer because in the course of this game, their biggest and best plays in this week and the previous week where they had really good big plays, it's Dak running around in the pocket, buying time and finding an open receiver he after the play is broken down. His ankle. Which is fine, but I'm saying that's not an offensive answer. To me, it doesn't feel like an offensive answer for them going forward. Getting the ball to CeeDee Lamb feels like a good answer. He's going to make some plays, break some tackles, but it still doesn't feel like they've kind of figured out this offense as a system because that's not a plan. Like, Dak scrambling and creating broken plays that'll turn into big plays is not a plan. What 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 was the game before this one, Charlie, that you're talking about as like this epic performance for them on offense? I think it, it was against the Chargers, yeah. right? It, it was how many points how many points did they score in that game? Twenty. So so against the guy who you have fired every <laughs> single week on this show. I don't know he has a job still. Scoring twenty, just twenty points against yeah. the Chargers, and you're ready to like 
like start the Dak MVP conversation. He was nails down the stretch of that game. And and no, definitely not starting the MVP conversation. Should go to a wide receiver this year, AJ Brown or Tyreek Hill. Wow. I mean, I could see it. I I I, I don't think anything's changed there. Right on the right side performance was getting regressed towards the mean. Everyone said that. That's no surprise yeah. that their right side performance is getting better. This is a game where they had they scored a defensive touchdown, and I think they had 21 points on short fields from the Rams. Like, this was like the Bucks game from last year in the postseason, where it was just you were playing a team that was overmatched. The other team's quarterback was hurt or old or both, and the other team was sloppy. Didn't have the the guys who could keep up with your best players. I don't think that's ever been the concern for the Cowboys. We saw them beat the Giants in similar fashion earlier this year. We saw them blow out the Jets in, uh, in similar fashion earlier this year. It's the question of, what happens when you get slowed down early? What happens when you're not playing from ahead? What happens when you are making mistakes and turning the ball over? We saw it even early in this game. The Cowboys yeah. were struggling with the pass rush. Um, the offense was not playing great early. It was only after the Rams had to start fielding, you know, defenses on the field for like like long stretches of time and their their offense kept, you know, going three and out or turning the ball over or making mistakes that the defense just got tired and wasn't playing well. So, you know, I, I felt like we didn't learn anything about the Cowboys in this game. Yeah, I mean, it's not not new. They beat up on these bums. We The questions about the Cowboys come to when they play the big boys. Next week against uh, the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles are next week. And then we'll have a referendum all over again about the Cowboys. And I can't wait for that them to no- lose by 14 and you to defend Dak Prescott then. This is your I'm opportunity, not- okay? I don't need the opportunity. It's, honesty never needs an opportunity. It's always here. It's my middle name. Anyway, hater, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about the fact that those are the only games that matter for the way that we're going to talk about Dak going forward. And so, like, we expect this from him. And you pretending like their offense hasn't been good in the last two years, like, they've been great on offense, been explosive on offense for the last several years. So, I don't know. It's not a surprise to me that that Dak and the Cowboys can put up enough points and dominate uh, not very good Rams team. Um, by the way, their last two playoff losses, they scored 17 and 12 points. So the offense was not, uh, you know, greater explosive when it actually mattered against the big boys, which is the only way we can judge Dak Prescott. Okay, I'm good. You're not going to hype me up. I'm not going to let this happen on the Lord's <laughs> Day while we're recording this. Did you hear what he said after the game? Jerry Jones said they said? didn't want to poke the bear in Philadelphia. And when Dak Prescott was told, he paused and smiled and said, pour honey on me. If I'm ever in a fight with the bear, pour honey on me. I'm looking forward to that type of fight. No, no, no. Are you that's, you sure that's not like an onion sport? No, that was I, we did not well, get ball sack. That was actual you, Dak. Do you, do you have actual audio of that quote? I need to see Dak maybe in a temper bag delivering this quote. Unless I'm going to win. That's 100. That's AI. an Oikos guy. Yogurt and honey. It is AI. It is AI. Uh, he he has a, a, a sleep number too. He's got all endorsements. Sorry, not Tender Phoenix, sleep number. That's yeah, true. Get it right. All right, guys. Uh, They're not paying me. <laughs> um, next question. Let's go back to the AFC. There are four. Four six and two teams in the AFC at the, con- at the top of the conference right now. The Chiefs, who lost to the Broncos today, but I think that's understandable knowing that our beloved, perfect Patrick Mahomes was sick with the flu. Uh, the Ravens, who have had, you know, they're the penthouse basement team where they've looked amazing, then they've had baffling losses. The Dolphins an offensive juggernaut against bad teams and we'll see how they do when things get tighter and the Jaguars who have quietly gotten to six and two of that group. Who do you believe in the most? 
Um, it's probably contrary to what I said about the Ravens earlier in this show. I think it's the Ravens. Their defense is, speaking of quietly, I think their defense has been one of the best in the league quietly without uh, a lot of big hoopla, and their offense has a ceiling that I don't think anybody else in the league has. So uh, those things together, I think, make them the best team in football right now, and it's really hard to say that it's the Chiefs, given that they just lost to the Broncos, who are as bad as it gets. So, I mean, I'm sure when Mahomes is healthy and no longer has the flu, they'll be back to normal. But still, at this very moment, I think the what the Ravens have been doing is the most impressive. You know, I, I recall when the Broncos gave up 70 points to the Dolphins, there was a referendum on this show about my preseason takes saying uh, the Broncos were going to be good. Yeah, here we are. They just beat the Chiefs, manhandled the Chiefs. Nobody's got anything to say. Dominic, no thoughts? <laughs> you no have thoughts something on the to say. Me? Here's the, the, it was incredible. Jerry Judy was balling out big play after Fi the big final play. Game, final game with the Broncos. <laughs> he was waving goodbye to the crowd. Uh, yeah, that's a Call nice farewell. Steve. Where's he going to go since you know? No, I don't know anything, unfortunately. Uh, we can talk about that maybe in the final segment of the show. Oh, I like but, that. Tease them. Um, like, are you, do you feel materially different about the Chiefs than you did before this game? Like, this kind of feels no. like that Colts game from last year where they lost early in the season. And I was like, okay, they're going to be fine. Yeah, Still feels I, the same way to me. I don't feel any different about them. And if you ask me to, like, bet some money, I think I'd probably, uh, who would be in the Super Bowl, I'd still go with Mahomes over everyone else if I could only pick one team. But uh, at this very moment, I think that what the Ravens have done deserves respect. And it's hard for us. I, I know that you are more analytical, analytically minded and you will not let this latest result make Beats you a prisoner books. of the moment. But I'm not. You can't, I can't call you the best team in football if you just lost to the worst team in football. I just can't do it. Not today. Maybe Dom on Wednesday I can do it, but I can't do it today. Dominique, live from Moment Jail. Uh, <laughs> just, just, just out here waiting, waiting to get out. Yeah. So you I, can I, say things about the Chiefs. I, I, I just, like the Ravens, that Cardinals game I watched today, they were not great in that game. They didn't pull out the Cardinals. Like, it was a little close at the end because they, they got it on site kick and, they got a field goal, which, by the way, one of the worst covers all year. I, I didn't have any money on it, but if you had the Ravens in this game, I feel bad for you. You are probably, there's probably a hole in your wall after what happened in the final <laughs> two minutes of this game. But, like, they've had two dominating games this year. And I understand the Chiefs have not been dominating every week either. But I don't think the Chiefs defense is that much worse than the Ravens defense. And I think the Chiefs offense is, maybe maybe this week aside, much more consistent than the Ravens offenses, even if the Ravens might have a bigger ceiling right now, which I don't disagree with you about. That it all may be true, but uh, you're not allowed to say that until at least Wednesday because <laughs> they got their <laughs> beat by the Broncos. So I don't care. It's just them's the rules, Bill. You can't be the Fair. best team in football if you just lost to the Broncos. Not on the day that you lost to the Broncos. Give us a, a couple days to remember how great you are and forget how bad you were in this game. I thought thought you were a cornerback, short memory, forget about the last play, no? Oh, yeah, for my mistakes, not for my yours. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, your mistakes forever. What okay. do you think, Charlie? I think the Dolphins are the best team. 
I'm just gonna really? Yeah, I think they're, I, uh, they're the most fun. I want to see offense. There's, offense has been so down this year. Whether or not they're actually the best team, they're going to be the team I'm rooting for in the AFC. Yeah. Do you do you think they'll beat the Chiefs next Sunday? No, probably not. <laughs> in Germany, which by the way, ooh, like, I forgot about the like, Eras tour factor of it. You know, you can you imagine how mad the NFL is that this game is on at like 9:30 in the morning in Germany? Actually, Bill, can I revise this take? What's the group? What's the team in the AFC that I could uh, pick that would be like the most stubbornly unanalytical and would piss you off the most from this group? Because I'll take that. <laughs> That's team. a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> it might be the Jags. It might uh, be the okay. Jags because the uh, Jags are always frustrating. Can I take the Bengals? Would that count? Yeah, that's actually an even better pick. Right, yeah. should be good. Off, off the board. You know what or, Joe Burrow has? Or, Clutch gene. Or, <laughs> or if you want to be really nasty, you could go Steelers. Oh, nobody wants that. Um, that, that that's that's one of the all timers because like I I hear it every week from Steelers fans who like you're always like on the Steelers, and I'm like. Y'all are booing Kenny Pickett like yeah. eight times per game at home, and you're mad at me. Like <laughs> I'm just telling you what he already knows. Yeah, they they can pick on their little brother. You can't, Bill. Uh, last one, guys. All right, so trade deadline as an NBA fan is the best thing ever. We get to jersey swap. We get to imagine how these shooting guards are going to change teams and change everything. The NFL, nothing of significance ever happens but it seems Ooh, way, like, way to sell a segment no, no, buddy. But it I seems love it. like that is changing <laughs> here. see you guys next week it um, seems like that is changing kevin byard was traded to the okay, eagles come back. there are we'll actual say. impact players who have been who are going to, going to change teams this year mccaffrey last year yeah. i mean i call this the you know the howie roseman effect build your team through trades this is becoming more in vogue in the nfl who should be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline Man, I thought I was the big analytics nerd, and you just said Howie Roseman invented trades in the NFL. No, 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 no. Damn. Oh, my God. Uh, the father of trades, Howie Roseman. Wonder what we he's going to do. That's a great whoa, idea. We should swap our players for another yeah. team's players. <laughs> Let's give them some maybe, picks while we're Maybe there'll be a draft pick involved. What can we call this? A, a swappa? A, a, swap. a switcheroo? I no. have to go to the I'll go to the marketplace to have these plays in. <laughs> Let's barter. Alright, answer, <laughs> answer answer the question, old guys. <laughs> wow. Wow. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
we went we went from football experts to old guys in the course yeah, of two segments. Would you say let's barter with a with a, with a <laughs> distinguished pause? It feels very very uh, deserved. Well, us old guys, we know that a trade is not a new thing. Trades have been around for a while. Yeah, you Teams got traded be... for a conditional seventh rounder. I did. Wow. It was awesome. Is that supposed to be an insult? Am I supposed yeah. to be offended by that? Yeah. Did, did, the, did the conditions get satisfied? Do you know? <laughs> did Howie Roseman make the trade? <laughs> I don't know. It was before Howie Roseman was uh, trading, because I'm sure he would have picked me up. Um... So teams that should be buyers and, and sellers or players that should be on the move, I guess. We did this a little bit last week when we talk about the Ravens. I think they're a team that could be in the market for a running back if there is one available. But it seems obvious that the the Broncos are a team that should be selling. Uh, the Giants are on the outs. They should be selling. And the teams that are at the top are obviously the teams that should be buyers, guys that are all in. The biggest buyer in the market right now, to me, should be the Bills because of the way their roster is constructed. it's They have already gone all in. And I know maybe we're talking sunk cost fallacy at this point, but they don't got no choice. Their window is closing or already closed. So put all the chips in, get every player you can get to address all the shortcomings that you have offensively and defensively. What would you, if you could get the Bills one position, you could fill one spot for the Bills with a trade, what would it be? Yeah, I guess, so I, I think it probably depends on the player that's available, but I I, I would say a receiver opposite Stefan Diggs or a difference-making running back. I would go all in on offense because I don't think there's one player out there defensively that can solve their problems defensively. I do think there's a possibility that properly deploying the right offensive weapon, they could win shootouts for the rest of the year. Would you, if you're the Browns and you have that defense and you almost beat the Seahawks with P.J. Walker this week until P.J. Walker threw an interception, how aggressive are you willing to get in terms of making trades over the next I would, few days? I would call my friend Bill Barnwell and ask him how uh, aggressive this is, this should is, I be? Um, this is a common mistake. About they don't have a good history. They don't have a good history Browns. with trades. Let's not let's not get this involved. Um, let's not get this twisted. Uh, I, I I think they should. I mean, they have a to me they have the kind of defense where you can win a Super Bowl with that defense. And I mean, like I don't mean like having a great offense. Like this is right. as good as the defense as the Ravens had when they went with Trent Dilfer or the Bucks had when they went with Brad Johnson. That's this caliber of defense based on the numbers so far this season. So. If you can go out and get a Derrick Henry, I think that's a trade you have to consider. I have a question, Bill, with the Browns. Is this their only shot? Because we know defense changes more year to year, and they're paying a quarter billion dollars to the 45th best quarterback in the world. So, like, seriously, is this their only chance to try and win it and just, like, go all in it with this year? Because their roster will just continually be stuck by that contract. Some of their young players are going to get more expensive on defense. Like they have a lot of first and second round picks on defense who are going to cost more over the next year or two. There's a chance that they might lose Jim Schwartz. Like Jim Schwartz might get a head coaching job based on how good he's been as the DC for the Browns this year. Um, but I, 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 like you can never guarantee it. Right now you have it. So especially when you're a coach and a general manager who like you're not there. If if this team fails, like the show loss is not going anywhere. You are like. I, I think they're incentivized to be aggressive this year as opposed to saying, ah, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out next year. 
I was going to say that you didn't actually answer the question. You told me that they should be incentivized to do it. You didn't say that you would go all in. I would like a firm, affirmative, aggressive take from Bill Barnwell about the Browns, what they should do. They should firmly consider it. And then I think aggressively <laughs> have those conversations. They should probably call up Who's Howie, the player? Is there Howie a player? and ask him for advice, I would say, <laughs> would be what I would consider. I mean, there's probably not a quarterback. So you're probably stuck waiting for Deshaun to get better. Yeah. Um, so is, unless, is unless, Henry? Unless, oh, unless, unless you can go out and get Jacoby Brissett. If you can, if the commanders will give you Jacoby Brissett, I think like if you get him for a fourth round pick, I think you, you make that deal. And you say, okay, like he knows the offense. He can be starting for us on Sunday. Like he's not going to turn the ball over. That might be all you need to be a winning football team. But I think, I think the Bills mm. were my team for yeah. Derrick Henry because if you're going to get a ton of light boxes and you're going to be playing, you know, you're going to be spreading teams out and playing with Kincaid as your only tight end and, mm-hmm. you know, running four wide, four wide sets, like have Derrick Henry to beat up those five, six man boxes. Like, I think that makes total sense to me. Absolutely. I'm with you. Bills. What about, happen. what about on the other side though? And we didn't talk about this during the show. The Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Like on one hand, they don't have Kirk Cousins for the rest of the year. Yeah. Justin Jefferson's out indefinitely. They weren't that good with those guys. And now they're both gone. Cousins for the year, maybe for his career with the Vikings. Jefferson out indefinitely. Like on paper, they should sell, but yeah. they've won. They've won four straight games. They won three games in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they're coming four off four. of a conference championship. Coming off of a division title. Uh, oh, yeah. Not they are. Title. Like, there's there's four good teams in the NFC. So like if they're just an eight and nineteen, they probably make it to the playoffs. I appreciate but, that you frame this like you would potentially say that they should be buyers, but I know there's no there's not no, a no, sell no. in your body that looks at them no, no, and no, no, thinks no. that they should be buying and not selling. No, your options are sell or stay put. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I think you stay put. Uh, I think the the culture of the team and the psychology of the team, the mentality is something that matters a lot more than whatever draft picks you could get for Daniil Hunter. Like, I if mean, you could, if you could trade though, if you could go all in and trade for the combination of Derrick Henry, Danahill, and Hopkins, and just reload that on the fly, just why trade. not do it? <laughs> just, just, just become the Titans. Yeah, that's, that's worked out so well for the Titans so far this year before Sunday. Yeah, I, I would definitely not do that if I were them, but I, I wouldn't sell either. I, the idea of selling, I think, is is a tough one when you are a team that's doing as well as they have. You Whatever um, momentum uh, you've built up or whatever, which I do think is probably not real in the course of a game, but I do think the trend of an organization, how you feel when you come into work matters and whether people want to be there or not. And they think that you want them to be there or not matters. You start selling off players because your quarterback and your receiver is hurt. I think that could set you back more than, you know, and it's the, what you're going to get for it. uh, A couple of mid to late round picks. I don't think is, is worth it. Honestly, keep using these terms. You're going to see how happy I am to show up to work at the Dominique Foxworth show. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'll find a different word. Um, Trends, not momentum. Trends. Yes. Emotional trend. How about that? The emotional trend line (laughs) of the Minnesota Vikings. It sounds a lot more analytical. I like that. I'm going to start using that instead of momentum. Here we go. The emotional trend line of this game has shifted. What about the commanders who lost today to the Eagles, but played the Eagles tough? 
They kept Sam Howe up for most of the game. He only got sacked once. That's a step in the right direction. I, I mean, actually, this is a question for Charlie. He's trade the everyone. resident Commanders fan. Trade everyone. Trade everyone. You fire the coach, trade everyone. Who cares? Did you see Charlie? Move the franchise. That, did you see that clip of people getting interviewed after Game Seven of the Philly series? No. It was just a minute and a half of like, of like this team that was been very successful the past two years, having every fan say every player sucks. This team's a disaster. Hate the manager. Hate the pitchers. Hate the hitters. Uh, overpaid. <laughs> like that's what that's what you sound like right now. You're just. Oh, you've totally it's, lost faith. In this you're team. right. The Dan Snyder led uh, Commanders for the last two decades have been exactly like the Phillies who made the World Series last year in the NLCS this year. One to one comparison. <laughs> Just saying. No, Just saying. I mean, you're, like, you're out. Yeah. The, we've become the most apathetic fan base in the NFL because of just being tormented and tortured by our franchise's incompetence for the last two decades. Why should I be in? Left hand down, says Charlie Kravitz. Yeah, dig, whatever. So Keep, you think that you go think all that in, should, trade everyone, stay put. I don't care. You think they should just trade the whole franchise sure. to another city? Just That's get right. them all out. Take just them away. Pick up the, well, I guess they're not even the Washington commanders because they practice in Virginia and play in Maryland. So. Ral John, Maryland. You don't yeah, even what, have, what are you, what are you hoping to get back, Charlie, for the commanders <laughs> in a trade? You're, you're, trade, you're selling a real low. Um, I don't know what how we could get Inner back peace. for them, but you're, <laughs> you're you're getting like maybe a couple train cars. Like you're not getting a lot for the commanders. Well, it depends on where you send them, which city you send Improve them. Improve traffic uh, patterns. I don't care. Improve traffic. <laughs> you're such a sad, sad, dejected fan. That's right. Uh, it's, by the way, speaking of things that are making me dejected, got another week to talk about Brandon Staley because they're up 17 nothing right now on the Bears and and Justin Herbert is cooking so we'll revisit this next week again <sighs> Barnwell don't you worry what a terrible tease for next week that's the end of this show for this week I'll see you guys on Wednesday this has been the Dominique Foxworth show presented by Allstate I'm Dominique Foxworth that's Charlie Kravitz and Bill Barnwell thank you to all of our great producers Kevin Brian Serafina Megan and of course Podville and we're out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.